0: love tribe.
1: Welcome to ID Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to listen to today's show.
0: Yeah, this is our third take of the (laughs) intro. We uh, had a couple funny mishaps. I said, let's just leave them in. The listeners know they like it. We're real people. We're not professional DJ jockeys. I'm going to start talking like this in a professional DJ voice. Please don't. Okay. (laughs) Sorry for that. Well, anyways, we had a great show today with Dr. Nancy Collier, and we talked about technology and its invasiveness into our life. She has a book called The Power of Off, Turning Your Phone Off, Turning the TV, all that stuff. I think it has huge implications on our own relationships with ourselves and others. And for sure, if you're listening to this, it's probably through your phone. And no doubt, unless you are a monk in a cave that has amazing self control, you spend too much time at one point or another on your phone. And that's affecting you and your relationships. So Nancy dives in.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, we definitely have our own. We've been in conflict and have arguments based on our use of social media and on the phone so i can only imagine that all of our listeners are as well
0: yeah yeah and and it can be various degrees and it's not just social media it's just everything on the phone nancy talks about i laugh sarah and i laugh when we see people filming at like a concert or like just uh, it's like or fireworks that's another hilarious one it's like it's not going to look As good as it does in person, number one, but well, secondary, primarily, it's taking away from that primary experience of being present. So it's, there's so many different ways that Nancy talks about that it's impacting our lives. And she really gives some great tips on how to be aware of it and how to not let it negatively impact your life and your relationships.
1: Yeah, I think what I took away from this, I learned a lot, but. A few of the things that I know I'm going to implement immediately, don't bring the phone to the bedroom. Don't use it as an alarm clock because then that's not the first thing you pick up in the morning. And then don't use it within a, the first half an hour to an hour of waking up. Oh, and then don't use your phone an hour before bedtime so that you and your partner can spend quality time together instead of being on your devices.
0: Yeah, Sarah's laying out the rules right now. I'm like, all right, (laughs) I'm taking notes. But yeah, those are all great things that that Nancy mentions. And yeah, I mean, I was thinking when she was saying the hour before bedtime, and we have a two-year-old, as our regular listeners know, and at the end of the day, it's just sometimes you just want to- Detox Yeah, and just relax and look at your phone and try not to think. But honestly- Sarah and I, we should be just connecting a little bit more because for, for even all the more reason to, because we have a two year old, because so much of our time, we can't barely have a discussion about anything. Stella's in this phase where if Sarah and I are talking, she'll just start babbling like ma 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 like nah, she's nah. in the conversation yeah, with well, us. <laughs> yeah, and, and cuz she like doesn't like the fact that we're not paying included. attention to her. Yeah, it's what it seems like. Yeah. But but yeah, so we just can't even get conversations going during the day hardly at all. So for sure that that'll be valuable to mm-hmm. us is the last hour before bed, no phone, it cannot be that important. There can be no business, no news, no updates, social media that are more important than nurturing the relationship. So,
1: Yeah. And if you guys find this episode valuable, then you can head over to our website, com forward slash 113 download. And we've created a freebie for you guys, compiled some tips to... On how to take away the technology, how to implement that so that it can benefit your relationship. So hopefully you guys find that valuable. Just a little, a little maybe go-to guy when you feel that you are being too encompassed by your, your device or your social media and you need Which is to. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> All <laughs> yeah. the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, like I said, I, if you're out there listening and you're like, nope, not me. I never look at my phone then you probably have a Zach Morris phone. Which is wrong,
1: because you're probably on your phone right now listening to this podcast. No,
0: that's an instance it's okay, right? right? No, we'll let you listen to the podcast. No, you probably have a Zach Morris phone, and it's a big block it's a unsmartphone, dumb phone. Which there's nothing wrong with that. Good on you, because you're not missing out on a lot of wasted time. For sure, there's some valuable things like like map not getting lost. But but yeah, it's it's all about being aware and using the tips that Nancy gives to To make sure it's not negatively affecting the relationship with yourself, with your partners, being present, all of these things. I thought the last thing I want to mention here was really powerful. As Nancy says, at the end of your life, are you going to regret not being on your phone? Are you going to be like, man, I really wish I had had more followers on Instagram or more likes. It's like, no, those, those things aren't important. So So uh, yeah, I really hope you guys take the advice to heart from this episode. I know I am going to try to. Sarah's got her rules ready to go. And we appreciate you guys listening as always.
1: And we hope you guys enjoy today's episode. Thank you so much. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you choose from over 1,500 licensed therapists. Get matched with your perfect therapist today by visiting Talkspace.com forward slash I do. That's Talkspace.com forward slash I do.
0: Today's show is also sponsored by FindYourTrainer.com, America's largest personal trainer network that matches you with your perfect personal trainer. Train anywhere, anytime.
1: Hi, Nancy. Thanks for joining us on the show today.
2: My pleasure.
0: So we've given our listeners a little overview, told them a little bit about your most recent book. Why don't you tell us why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships?
2: Well, let's see. Because I'm a member of a family and um, in a marriage and friendships. And it's fascinating to me that... All as a, as a long-time psychotherapist and you know leading groups and all sorts of other things, um, people always come back to their relationships in terms of their ground, and it is the thing that everyone wants to talk about and is trying to figure out how to. Experience more joy and and less pain in their relationships, just to put it as simply as possible. And how do we do that when two human beings are coming together with different ideas and different paths and uh, are, you know, very invested in their opinions? And how do we manage to make something loving happen?
0: So. We've given our listeners a little bit of information about your most recent book, and Sarah and I both think this is an extremely important topic, and obviously you do too. You've written a book about it, your book, The Power of Off. It's all about technology and its role in our life and being mindful around that. I know it's a huge thing and it's only going to have more and more implications on our lives, on our relationships. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the book and we'll dive right in.
2: Sure. Well, the book came out of hearing the incredible turmoil that people were having in trying to maintain a sense of well-being in their own lives and in their relationships with this new mistress that is the smartphone. And I started doing research on it a few years ago, some years back. And it's interesting, you know people come to me as a relationship expert, and one of the primary relationships that I see changing fundamentally, and one of the reasons I wrote the book, is the relationship that we have with ourselves, really, is most profoundly changing in that we don't really see ourselves as a destination anymore. We don't experience our own company as something valuable, something full and rich. Um, We, you know, we have an experience, let's say we're walking on the street and we open a door for a woman who has a stroller, just a little moment, but we might've in the past, we might've walked on the rest of that block or a couple blocks, just processing that with ourselves. Maybe never even mentioned that to anybody, but now as we know, the instant we have that happen, you know, right there on social media, you know, hashtag gratitude loving moment is up on uh, you know, Snapchat, whatever it is. And we wait to find out what is that experience mean for us what what are we supposed to do with that and we wait for the likes we wait for all this external feedback and we don't really have that intimate relationship with ourselves where we are processing our own lives and you know I talk to clients all the time that are terrified at this point of being alone with themselves. If we're not filling the space with activities and entertainment and data and you know binge watching Netflix, the idea of just being with ourselves has become something that people are, are quite afraid of, as if we ourselves are a vacuum. So that's one relationship that is profoundly changed um, with the advent of, of this relationship we have, the technology, even thinking, you know, thinking is something contemplating that we do with ourselves. And we don't really think much now. If we, you know, we want to find out something, we just Google the answer. Or my young daughter the other day, I said, what would you like for dinner? We used to sort of just take a moment and feel inside. And she said, Well, let's let's go on Instagram and or Pinterest and look at pictures. So everything has shifted from outside to outside, from inside out to outside in. Another relationship that's changed, which is also one that's not with another human being, but it's our relationship with the present moment. And you know, we we talk so much about mindfulness, we're we're infatuated with the concept of mindfulness, but Really, what we're doing is we're running away every moment from the present moment. We're we're being somewhere else. We're actually abandoning this present moment. So that's a fundamental relationship change as well. Um, and then if we get into you know people, that that's remarkable what's happening now where. There's a whole new thing called fubbing, you know, which is phone snubbing. And essentially what it means is that when we're in conversation with those we care about or love or or just know, um, we're constantly telling them that they're not enough by checking our phone. Most people now go to bed with their phone and 75 percent of women are saying that it's seriously impacting the intimacy of their relationships. Even just putting that phone On the table, even if it doesn't ring, Uh, studies have shown that that drastically reduces the sense of connection and intimacy that is experienced in that interaction. So that's why the loneliness rates are through the roof. You know, we're, we're communicating so much more, but we're connecting so much less. And with it is going community as well. And you know these are these are profound changes that um, the whole way we relate to our world is changing. We've got the answer in a smartphone now. Most people now tell me that. They're more interested in their smartphone than they are in their partner. They'll say that behind closed doors. It's more exciting. It's more interesting. And what does that do? That means that when a human might not be fabulous one day or might not have something unbelievably new to say or any of these things that come with a human being, we're not that interested. We'd rather, we'd rather you know get something juicy coming down the pike on social media. So we're changing is what I'm saying.
1: It's so fascinating with, you know, all these stats that you're saying, because as much as Chase and I really do try to be conscious and mindful of our social media use or, or digital use, we still find ourselves doing a lot of the things that you're saying, you know, bringing the phone to bed, not completely shutting off when you're with other people. So what is the first step for people to kind of take control of this and stop? doing these bad habits?
2: Well, like everything, it all starts with awareness. So at some point, as my friend said, you have to wake up and grow up, which is to say, with this very short life that we have and, you know, the the preciousness of our relationships, is this how we want to be spending our time. Is this the way we want to be expending our energy and where we want to be placing our attention? It has to start with a kind of wake up call of I'm in charge of my life. I'm in charge of how I run it. I'm in charge of the relationships that I have. How do I want to do that as a conscious human being? And You know, from there, it's really not rocket science. It's like if somebody wants to lose weight, you know, we can talk about it ad nauseum. But at some point, we have to get out there and go for a run. We've got to put the fork down. These are things that just have to happen, you know. And what we like to do is we like to talk in these very large concepts. And yet much of it comes down to daily shifts in our behavior. So what if, for example, every time we had the impulse to use, right? Because this is no different. The truth is, this is no different than any other addiction. It's like an eating disorder because you have to learn how to deal with it. It's not like the bottle that you can just put down or drugs that you can stop. There are no, even the caves have Wi-Fi. So it's, it's a real thing. It's a real addiction. So we, we work with it in the same way, that we work with any addiction, which is when you have the impulse to use or to pick up that phone while you're in a conversation with your friend, we we just pause for a moment and we say, well, what would I have to feel in this moment if I didn't use? What's actually here in this moment that's making me want to pick up, if you will? So am I bored? Am I anxious? Am I feeling not enough? what's here? So we get to know the feeling. And then am I using a habit? Am I just, this just habit. And so can I just sit with it and feel and experience what's here if I don't use? And so that's a very primary step is to be willing to take that pause and say, what's happening here? Because the addict You know, and I say that this is no different than any other addiction because on all the MRIs, it has the same brain scan as someone on cocaine or anything of the sort. When we use technology, we get a hit of. Dopamine, really strong hit of the feel-good hormone. And then what happens is we start searching for that hormone more and more. And the impulses to use get more and more because we want more of that feel-good sensation. But then shortly thereafter, what starts to happen is we go from seeking a good feeling to trying to avoid a bad feeling, just like the addict. So then we get this rush of a drug called cortisol, which is the fight or flight, the stress hormone. And the only way we know how to calm the anxiety that that causes is to use. So we're in that cycle. So the first thing we have to do is to be willing to experience that anxiety that comes when the notifications come in, that comes when, oh, you know, I could shop for shoes now but let me sit with this for a moment and then from there it's just some very simple behaviors which is for example turn off your notifications so when you're with another human being or even when you're alone don't have the phone ringing or dinging b- and all of those sorts of things unless it's an emergency very easy to do make a deal with yourself that when you're with another human being that you care about that the phone will be off and away you can check it when you're done these are behaviors we can really do very easily. Make a deal. Phone doesn't come into the bedroom. That's a very simple one. Make a deal. The last hour before you go to bed is time that you spend together. Do something together an hour a day where it's tech-free. Take a walk together. Commit to that time tech-free. It's very different than spending time sitting next to each other on the couch each you know scrolling it's very very different in terms of feeling gotten feeling known feeling empathized with first half hour of the day don't get on social media don't don't use your phone as an alarm clock and then don't let the phone dictate what your day looks like so these are very very easy to accomplish behaviors you're taking a walk experience the walk feel the breeze make decisions that Take seriously the way that this is impacting your life, particularly with people that you care about. You know, this is not about becoming a Luddite. We all love technology. It's It's got incredible opportunities associated with it. But what this is about is finding freedom in technology, not from it. So that, again, we're using technology as the tool that it is we're not being used by technology you know right now the the rats got the scientist in the cage we're, what this book is about is about reestablishing technology as something that we humans team human we call it you know are making the decisions about how we want to use them and what i've found so many 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 times in my practice is that The deeper needs for well being are not being served by more and more entertainment and by more opportunity. You know, even though so much of our lives have changed with technology. What we really need to feel well and to feel that we're living a good life is the same as it was before technology, close and intimate relationships, work that's meaningful, a sense of belonging to something larger than just ourselves, a sense of community, a sense of purpose. None of these things have changed, and yet our behavior has radically changed such that in 90% 90% of our free time now, that's not work time or sleep time or chore time, um, we're spending 90% of our time on technology. And we're not receiving those nourishing aspects of life, like taking a walk with a friend or spending time with oneself in some form of contemplation. These are the things or hobbies or you know, getting quite good at something, practicing something so that we're really, really good at that. You know, we're dialing it in now and doing the easiest and fastest way to get there. And that doesn't serve us in in our deeper needs. Wow, Nancy, Sarah
0: and I are just scribbling away because there's so much value here and it is so relatable. Obviously, we're coming to our listeners on a podcast. So likely it's in the car or on a phone and everyone is experiencing these things. And it does have profound implications for our relationship with ourselves. And, Others and and this is, it's just so important because I think we can both speak from our own experiences. We try to be mindful. We are very much taking that step of, of awareness. Like you say, but it's still, it's so easy to get sucked into that vacuum of the smartphone and. This is something, especially we have a two year old. So it becomes even more important that now it's affecting Sarah and, and ourselves individually as a relationship and our daughter. So it, I really encourage this is, it's just such great stuff. People should read your book. And, and if anything, this podcast will just bring that awareness because. I really do and, and you obviously are on to this, but the implications of this as a society, a culture and and, and everything just moving forward because it's only going to get worse, right, as far as the technology being in our lives we're going to have virtual reality, Facebook is going to become the virtual like all of these things are coming down the pipeline, so we really need to get ahead of it and start implementing control and and understanding, getting this awareness now so that we can have these tools to relate to ourselves and the people in our lives in in a good way. So it's just, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but it's such great stuff.
2: Well, you know, one thing I will say too, and it's encouraging, but the mythology is starting to crack. So that The success of my book and other books on this topic is showing me that people are getting hit to this truth, which is that. It isn't making life uh, more connected. It isn't fundamentally making us feel better. If anything, it's creating this sense of constant craving of, you know, what's next? What's next? What's next? This moment is not enough. What else is possible? Because, of course, now it feels like everything is possible. But what that's doing for many people is it's creating a kind of paralysis where too many options and too many things to know and figure out and do and understand it actually is leading us to feel disempowered to feel it's too much for our consciousness. So people are talking more and more about, uh, returning to a kind of more simple way of living. It's why we're seeing, you know, $100,000 vacations now to get off the grid. It's why, you know, adult summer camps where no technology is allowed, adult coloring books, you know, let me do one thing at a time. Because ultimately, all this multitasking and everything we're doing, what it's doing is It's like if you were to take a gigantic uh, amount of water and pour it into a ocean uh, that had been emptied out, it's very, very shallow there. So we take a gigantic ocean full of experience and we vacuum it out, and then we pour in all of this data. And but, but when it fills up the, the the ocean floor, it's very shallow. So all the multitasking we think we're doing so well, what it does is it vacuums out the the nourishment and the value of, of the experience. And people are talking about this, how they they feel less. Less okay. And you know, one other thing I would say too that's really important is the relationship that we have with our direct experience is probably the most important thing in determining our sense of well being. And by that I mean, you know, when we, for example, we go to the museum now, we go to the museum for many people, not really to look for art, but we go to the museum to take selfies of ourselves as someone who is looking. Looking at art. Look at me, I'm having a cultural experience, right? So what's happening is that the direct experience of our living is being replaced by building the brand that is our identity. So that with you with a child, that's so fundamental in the way they're experiencing their lives. So they have all these experiences, but they're not really in them when they're happening. And you can see it in another form, which is we go to our child's dance recital and we spend the whole time capturing the experience in our phone, but we're not there. We're not actually there watching her dance. We we have an iPhoto file filled with life but we haven't actually lived that life. We don't have the bodily felt memories and experience of having lived that life. So people talk to me about feeling like ghosts. They feel like ghosts in their own lives. They have these brands online and so forth, where they they have to defend these brands and keep, hold them up, be that person they are on Instagram, but they don't feel like the person who's gotten to live that. So when, again, we're on that country walk, you know, most people these days are narrating that life, you know, again, hashtag, you know, warm breeze, uh, look at me in front of these trees. There's a gigantic cost for that, which is hard to language, but it's the experience of having been on that walk, looked at that piece of art, been at that recital. We don't own our own lives right now. And again, coming back to the hopeful part of it is the more people wake up and recognize what is this actually like for me? You know, all this entertainment, all this constant stimulation. What's the actual experience of it like? And the more they recognize that it is anxious-making at the least, depressing more probable, um, they're making different choices. They're being, they're becoming more mindful. So I'm not sure that it will inevitably become worse. Um, Parents, I give talks all over the country on parenting in this day and age where children's self-esteem is plummeting because it can live and die on, you know, an Instagram post. It is completely determined by popularity. It is not built out of the things that, you know, our generation's self-esteem, skill, Uh, hard, long-term working on things, thinking, accomplishments, climbing to the top of the mountain by foot, not landing there by helicopter. You know, we're seeing uh, a tremendous impact on children's self-esteem because they can do things the easiest way and the fastest way. And again, that's not the way to self-esteem. So all these things, parents are waking up that their kids are not okay. And I I feel hopeful that the suffering will lead to change in behavior.
1: I'm just curious, um, just because we're parents, what do you tell the parents that want to know the best way to handle social media or digital? Where's the fine line of not taking everything away,
2: but letting
1: them use it with awareness?
2: Yeah. So one of the things that it it requires is it requires a very serious kind of conversation as a family with a two-year-old. Obviously, they are not included, but a decision ahead of time between the parents, which is, how are we going to do this? This cannot be left to the moment where, you know, I, I have a a six-year-old and a 14-year-old. And when the going gets rough, they, they get intense on getting the technology, on getting what they need. So these decisions have to be made early. And it requires a kind of fierceness. It requires a willingness to be the bad guy, to say no. And so at two, you know, you've got a, a ways to go. But when the kids start to be seven, eight, and technology starts to be the center of where the games are. And, you know, around nine, 10, that's where the socializing starts to go on. And you have to be willing to really set up some very clear rules and that that's your family's rules and um, to be willing to, again, take the hit for it. But the problem is, of course, because their entire social lives go on, on these devices there will come a time where it's a choice between social isolation and kind of overuse so we don't want our kids we don't want them to commit social suicide by not having them but a lot of it comes down to what else are we offering our kids so getting our kids out onto the sports field getting our kids out in nature getting our kids into activities that do not require technology in any way. Really, really important because what happens if they don't is they start to forget that there's a life there that exists outside of technology. Their academics go on it. Their social life goes on it. All the planning goes on on it. They cannot miss a group chat and feel like they're part of the scene. So, It's more about building a kind of understanding also of the larger impact on the family, on themselves. You know, kids are smart. The more we talk to them about what it is that this is actually doing to them, give them statistics, talk to them about the addictive quality, talk to them about how Facebook and Instagram have hired all sorts of addiction specialists to keep them hooked Addiction is good for business. They are not bringing those people on to keep them off the devices. They're bringing them on. They're firing the ethicists and bringing on the addiction specialists and neuroscientists to study how to get them more addicted. Teach them about this and and bring in your larger intentions, which is my larger intention as a parent is to know you, is to be part of your life, is to help you grow into a happy human being who has a sense of self-esteem that's grounded in something other than just the thumbs ups you get on every post. So that's why I'm trying to manage the amount of time. It's not to you know, kill you socially, right? So again, so much of this, you know, I've written lots and lots on the topic of my Psychology Today blog about very specific things that we can do You know, again, some of those same rules last hour before you go to bed, there's no technology first hour before you wake up after you check your phone. No, we start to train them in in positive behaviors. We can't do much about when they have their phone at school because often schools are allowing this. But when you come home from school, you get it for 45 minutes catching up with everybody. And then during homework time, you you have no access to it. Notifications are turned off. All these sorts of things. It's very structured. That's the thing. And you have your kid as they get older sign a contract with you that's visible. It's up on the refrigerator. It's somewhere. The family has a program about how to manage, you know, in your undeveloped frontal cortex teenager, how you're going to manage A drug that's as powerful as cocaine. We're not just going to trust that you can do that because you shouldn't be able to do that. Adults can't do that. So and all those things said, if I were to say the single most important thing you can do as parents is obviously model the behavior. Don't come home and run off to your email like it's more important than knowing about their day. When you're walking them home from school, of course you can answer a text or do this or that or respond to the to, to the office, what have you. But be mindful of what you're actually demonstrating. If you talk the talk but don't walk the walk, it's pointless. Yeah,
0: there's so many great things in here that are going to be applicable to Probably every single one of our listeners. I'd be, you're hard pressed to find someone that's perfectly got the use of technology under control. And, and I'm laughing, Sarah and I were laughing at, uh, when you, We're talking about the selfies and it's so true that you're living like uh, the life of another person and that person is your Instagram persona or or whatever. And Or it's like you see people so many times like filming at a concert. (laughs) I think that's just the funniest thing because it's like, look, I I don't want to offend anyone that's like a super fan. Go for it. Like film your concert, but watch the concert. Are you really going to
2: go back (laughs) and watch that video?
1: It'll never be better than what it is right now. (laughs)
2: That's right. And your memory, as we said, is drained of the life of it. It's drained of the juice. You can show it to people and aren't you a hipster that you're there, but you didn't get to live it in the deepest. So this is the, you know, this is a cost that I'm certainly not willing to give. I go to my my kids' events and I say, you know, I trust that if I'm there fully, if I show up fully, I have it in my heart. Yes, I might take a photo on the way out so I can remind my heart of that experience. But we're forgetting, again, that we can know things through our own experience. We don't need them to be in our phone. We can actually have them sort of um, ingested by ourselves, if you will. Yeah, it's so
0: powerful. And we're here in the Pacific Northwest. There's tons of beautiful hikes and same thing. We have put the phone away and just take it in and and know them for yourself. And that's how it becomes more ingrained and not in a picture or a video. And it goes without saying, a lot of this stuff that you're talking about, we talked about that improving your relationship with yourself but all of these things if you're improving yourself you're going to be improving your relationship if you're in one or if you're going to be in one if you're single and one of the other things i mentioned this on another show but that i really like just for social interaction or if you're on a date is either turn the phone off or if What I liked was it was if you're in a group setting, everyone puts their phone on the table and the first person to grab the phone buys the meal, (laughs) you know, add some stakes in the game.
2: Sure. And you know, what's, what's really inspiring to me too, is that when you start to be the light in the darkness, when you start to be the sanity in an insane world, in a world where you actually have to say to a good friend, I'm not enjoying having a conversation where you're checking your phone every 30 seconds, where that actually now has to be spoken. You know, when you start to be the light in the darkness, people follow. People are desperate for those of us that are walking the walk to show them to be courageous enough to say, hey, you know what? I'm willing to miss out on what else might be coming in so that I can be here fully with you, because in this moment, you're enough. You know, I'm willing to actually give up what else I might miss out on in order to be with you. That has a kind of contagious effect. And I worked with one woman, she gets about 2000 emails a day and she decided that she couldn't do it. And she set up an email Sabbath and one day a week, she doesn't take emails. Hey, the emails are, she she would send out a, a, auto response. If it's still important, re-email me tomorrow. So she wouldn't respond to, she wouldn't return to 4,000 emails. And guess what happened in the company It became something everyone did. So I'm encouraging people when in your relationship, you say to your partner, you know, it's very hurtful to me when we're together for the short period of time we have in a day and you seem more interested in your smartphone phone, or I can't really land here with you, because it feels like you're jumping off to something else all the time. It would mean something to me if we could spend an hour together or half an hour together, where, you know, we're really the full focus of each other's attention. That conversation will tell you a lot about your partner, how they respond, but will My guess is be exactly what that other person is wanting as well, because the need to be the full focus of another human being's attention is universal. It's it's, if you're feeling that you're not alone in that. And I would say also just coming back for a moment to this experience of the relationship with ourselves and with the present moment, you know, the more that we can be where we are, not Adding, supplementing with entertainment and and more and more juice coming in from the phone, but just be with ourselves in the open time. The more confident we are in relationship, to not uh, demand from the other the the completion of ourselves. So the more we can be present with ourselves, and that starts with the phone. The more we don't rely on the other to fill our holes, like we're using the smartphone to fill our holes, so getting comfortable doing without the phone will serve you in your relationships because it's the same sort of addiction to the other that I can't be with myself, so I've got to get from the other what what I can't bear to feel in myself. So we're working with the same kind of emptiness and not enoughness
0: well nancy there's just so much value here and and it's such an important thing. I hope at the very least, and I think I know we know that this is gonna help people become aware and take these steps. So a ton of great stuff. Now we gotta move forward to the lasting love round.
1: But first we wanna tell you a little bit about Talkspace.
0: So if you listen to this show, and obviously you do, you hear our experts talk about how important and how valuable therapy can be for you in your relationship. And Talkspace makes this super easy to do. There's really no excuse not to sign up because you can do it all from your phone. You can text your therapist. Once you get matched with the one that's right for you, all of their therapists are experienced licensed therapists, and you can text them, video chat, email, and audio chat. And it is just so easy that there's really no reason it makes it super simple. If you're scared and you're like, I don't really want to go into a therapist or you're having trouble getting your partner to make that commitment. Now there's really no excuse. Sit on your couch. Just like you're watching Netflix, you guys can get couples therapy or you can work individually with a therapist.
1: So to get matched with your perfect therapist. Head on over to talkspace.com forward slash I do. You can sign up. And by doing so, you're also supporting us. So the code is I do, And by using that, it gets you $30 off your first month. And it really helps us out. So again, head on over to talkspace.com forward slash I do to get $30 off your first month. Talkspace therapy for how we live today. So this weekend, Chase and I were in San Francisco and I wanted to get my workout on. So I went to findyourtrainer.com and I searched for a personal trainer where we were and I found the lovely Kenya and she met me at the park and we had an amazing workout and it was such a beautiful day and it was just so cool to have A personalized workout right when I wanted it and exactly where I wanted it.
0: The thing that makes findyourtrainer.com so great is that there's really no reason not to work out now. And working out makes you feel great, it's healthy. Obviously, it's good for you and it's going to be good for your relationship, whether you're single or in a relationship, you want to be active and that's going to help the rest of your life. So tying this in to what we love to do here is creating great relationships or helping you find that one, certainly getting out there, getting active. And it could be a great date night or date day where you go and you meet at the park with your significant other and get out there or you can go to the gym. That's the other great thing is that the trainer will meet you anywhere. There's no membership required and you'll be able to work out and be a great shared experience to do and help build that relationship with your partner. So making your next date night, findyourtrainer.com, get signed up. It's America's largest network of certified personal trainers, and they're all rigorously vetted and reviewed. You'll be able to check them out and go to findyourtrainer.com forward slash I do. And a special offer for our listeners, you'll get $50 off four sessions when you use the promo code I do. And you'll also be showing your support for the podcast. So we really appreciate it, Sarah loved her first experience. She'll definitely be checking it out again. And I have no excuse. I was actually paddling around San Francisco Bay that day that Sarah got out there with her workout. So I was getting my workout on as well.
1: Well, I was going to surprise you, but we have a duo training session planned for next week while we're in San Diego. So we're going to have an awesome workout together. So if you guys want to check that out, visit findyourtrainer.com forward slash I do and use the promo code I do for $50 off for sessions. That's findyourtrainer.com forward slash I do. So normally we ask our listeners for one tool that uh, they can use on a daily basis to help improve their relationship. Um, But we were wondering if you could, it it may be more than just one, but do you have a set recommendation for what our listeners can do to implement on a daily basis technology to maybe minimize it or to whatever you think is best for the relationship?
2: So I think the most important is this skill of awareness, which is... Every time that you have the impulse to use, you're sitting on the couch with your partner and you want to check something, what have you, just pause, pause for a moment and ask yourself, what would I have to feel in this moment? What's here in this present moment uh, that's causing me to want to use And can I feel that or can I in some way get that need met or serve that part of that longing in me in a different way than through technology? It starts in the moment of craving. That's where it starts. The other thing that I would say. I'm going to give you two. So that's the very first thing is to interrupt the cycle, the habitual cycle where we have the impulse to use and maybe he's on as well, but that with ourselves, because this is really we have to do this as individuals. We have to break this addiction and start being more mindful as individuals. And then we bring that into the couple. So start with yourself. The second thing that I would say is to start to be truthful with yourself and also with your partner, with yourself in the sense of how am I doing in this relationship with technology? Is this really serving me? Is this nourishing me? Is this bringing me what I want at at the end of my life? You know, will this be if I continue in this way, will this be a life well lived, an existence well lived? taken advantage of if you will this gift of existence and then with your partner to really have a truthful conversation of how do we as a couple want to be with this drug that is technology that that's you know addictive for both of us or maybe more for one of us but how do we want to um Make this relationship sacred in the face of this very powerful, seductive force. And I would suggest that with your friends, too. Again, this contract of mindfully choosing how do we want to take care of this relationship, which means An agreement about how are we going to be with technology within it, not leaving that to chance and not suffering alone in loneliness and feeling not enough with your partner. And then, as most people do, just going on their own phone because they feel like, well, you're on, so I'm not enough for you, so you're not enough for me. These are not these are not mindful um, solutions. Bring it into the open of how is how is this that we want to be in this relationship to keep it sacred?
0: Is there a book or resource you can recommend for listeners who want to improve their relationship?
2: The Power of Off, The Mindful Way to Stay Sane in a Virtual World. Um, my book I, talks a lot about relationship, but also um, there are a lot of articles I would say that, that I've written on. If you go on my Psychology Today blog, and the, the blog is primarily about relationships and talks a lot about how to live from empathy, how to live from the most important thing, which is listening, how to get out of, you know, your own way and um, find connection with your partner. And it includes a lot about technology, but, but really technology is one aspect of it. The real thing here is about making a choice about how do we want to take care of this Entity, this this being that is the relationship, and can we be kind inside this relationship? And when we pull out our phone and we put it on the table in between us, it is not an act of kindness. So my favorite book, to be honest with you, in in, in relationships, I always go back to, is uh, nonviolent communication. I love that book, and um, you know, it's not really a book about technology, but it's a book about um, It's a language of love, really, and a language of life. And I love that book. I also love Tara Brock's books. I love the book True Refuge. I recommend that to all my clients. Um, And my own book I don't know if you know the book I wrote before Power of Off, but it's a book about your relationship with yourself. And it's called Inviting a Monkey to Tea befriending your mind and discovering lasting contentment. And it's all about the relationship we have with ourselves.
1: Well, thank you for those. Um, they will all be listed on your show notes page at idupodcast.com And yes, it's it's so true. So often we hear how important it is to work on the relationship with yourself first, because if you are happy uh, with yourself, you'll be happy in your relationship.
2: Yes. And we put different expectations and demands upon that relationship um, because we're already whole. Well, we've been married for almost three years now.
1: Is there any advice you'd give newlyweds?
2: Newlyweds. Wow, what a lovely stage to be in. (laughs) Um, So I would say treasure that time because it, it really is. Uh, remarkable time. It it changes and grows and gets better in lots of ways and more challenging in other ways. So this really is a an incredible time. Um, you know, listening is the thing. Is if we can listen to our partner and take their side and really try and empathize with what what is the deeper longing that that partner is coming from. Um, we've got it then. If we can hear them. From their experience, not our experience of them, but what is it that is their deeper intention? They're trying to get done, even if we don't in the moment like the behavior, it's coming through. You know, getting out of ourselves and into their experience without judgment. Can I hear them from their experience? That is the key to successful relationships. And it's really, really hard, but the less we identify, with our own, you know, rightness and my opinion on this or my belief about this is the truth, but really encourage a relationship where I want to know what's true for you. It's going to be different than it is for me. It's going to be radically different. Um, and I want to understand why that's true for you and, and what your experience in that is. It's not going to be mine. We're not one, you know, we're not one being. So the more we feel safe to be truthful, that's really that's what creates successful relationships that our allegiance at the end of the day is to the truth and that that be a safe place to express whether we agree with it or not, that I want to know your truth. That's love. Not that you reflect me, not that I'm pleasing to you at every moment, but I want to know your truth. Hold to that. Hold to that.
0: What advice would you give our single listeners looking for a happy relationship?
2: I think it's hard to be single sometimes. And so a lot of empathy about um you didn't create this, this sort of myth, you haven't manifested your you know, sometimes it's just hard to find somebody is one thing that I would say. And to get off your case if you're self-judging, um, to stop that, that doesn't that's not gonna help. The other thing, you know, I, I, I often say this to my clients, to enjoy as much you can, as much as you can um, this time, because it will change. It will certainly change in one way or another. That's the one thing we can be sure of. So as best as you can, enjoying this time to get to know yourselves, to have the space for yourselves. And also that if you really want to be in a relationship, that we uh, commit to that. So I I always say it's kind of silly, but set an intention and make it a part time job. Go out there and do it. Go out there. There are many ways now to meet people, many, many ways. And if we really want that and we want even if it's that we want the spiritual growth that comes often only through relationship, that's the truth that relationship is our teacher. And sometimes people come to me because they they want the growing that's possible that can only come through that they can't get any further they feel on their own and, and I understand that so if you want it really put energy into it it's the, the the days of you know the wrong number phone call coming into your house are over but if you really put time into it I I, I feel like you you probably can make that happen for yourself so it's a very active approach to it at the same time of really taking the time to know yourself in the longing to know the truth, which is the longing for our relationship, and to get to know that as much as you can with forgiveness.
0: Well, Nancy, you have given Sarah and I, and I'm sure our listeners, so much great advice today. I'm going to make a pact. It's almost three o'clock. Uh, in the afternoon, I'm not going to get on my cell phone for the rest of the day. I think I'll feel a lot better. I want to stay off of that. Maybe our listeners can, can do the same whenever you're listening to this. Just take a break, take a vacation from your phone just for the rest of the day. So let's finish up by having you tell our listeners where they can find you, and then we'll say
2: goodbye. Sure. So the website, if you want all the blogs and more information, is nancycollier.com and it's 1L and the blog is on Psychology Today, and you can access that through their site. And the book is The Power of Off, The Mindful Way to Stay Sane in a Virtual World, and that's everywhere books are sold, Amazon and so on. And they also have the, the monkey book, and that's it. And also, you know, I do lots of sessions individually and with polls, so I do them by Skype, and obviously here in Manhattan. So if anybody wants that, to just contact me through the website.
1: All of those notes will be on your show notes page at idopodcast.com. And we appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much.
2: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Hey guys, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's interview with Nancy. If you wanna get your hands on today's freebie, We've created a document that is full of all the awesome tips that Nancy gave us today. You can go ahead and download that at idopodcast.com forward slash 114 download. That link will be in the iTunes description as well as the show notes page. And if you haven't joined our Love Tribe Facebook group yet, Head on over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash love tribe fam like family F-A-M to join. We hope you join our awesome community so we can all inspire each other to have a healthy and happy relationship. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week.